0: This is the Nearside Low podcast brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. And here we are, folks nearside low podcast spring of 2019 ray it seems like it's been a long time
1: <laughs> it has I'm, I'm hoping we still remember how to do this <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh. well i still remember your ray i guess that's a start um, there you go
1: yeah.
0: Uh, so, uh, as we always like to do, I think this is year three, which is crazy. Ray, we must be getting old, but um, we, we want to welcome everybody to the Near Silo podcast. Um, this was an idea that Ray and I kind of came up with, I don't know, uh, I guess two or three years ago, kind of put it in action, um, and, and we've, we've moved forward with it. Um, we always like to say on our first podcast, for those of you that have not heard us or for those that are returning, um, we love water polo. Uh, obviously, Ray is heavily involved in coaching and refing and playing with the Clayton men's team. Um, I'm not involved in playing or refing. I wouldn't touch either one of those with a 10-foot pole, uh, but I'm obviously involved in coaching. And, uh, you know, we do this because we love the sport. Um, we want to make sure that everybody that listens to us uh, enjoys what we have to say. Parents, athletes, coaches, um, people that are new. Um, we don't like to play favorites. We don't want to cause any drama. We're just here to promote the sport of water polo, specifically in the Midwest and I guess specifically in Missouri. Um, so we just kind of like to lay out the ground rules for why we're here. We love when people uh, grab us on the pool deck during season, chat with us, ask us about the podcast, make some suggestions for us. Um, we, we love to hear from the fans. So I don't know. Is there anything you want to add to that, Ray, or did I talk too long?
1: Uh, no, that was great. I mean, we, we appreciate uh, everybody who listens. Uh, as, as Charlie said, I mean, we, we, we're doing this to try and promote water polo in our area and let people know about some of the exciting things that are, that are happening. So, I know I'm looking forward to uh, we've already got a couple of guests lined up this year and I know we're going to have some uh, number of exciting people coming on with us. So um, appreciate appreciate you guys uh, listening. And if you have anything that you'd like to hear, or like to have us talk more about this, uh, Coach said, let, let us know. Cool. Uh, and of course, well, I can't
0: remember the last time we recorded, but if we had a question of the week, Ray, I forgot about it. So uh, we're going to move on to our uh, new question of the week. And I know um, in our upcoming segment with uh, the person we're going to interview, Steve Adcock, there have been some new water polo rules that have been implemented um, they're not going to affect the high school season this particular year, uh, but it sounds like they might affect uh, some USA Water Polo tournaments and potentially high school in the future. So I'm going to let you, since you're the expert ref, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about that and kind of kind of go to our question of the week that we will post on Twitter and Mo Water Polo.
1: Right. So I, hopefully all of you or most of you are USA Water Polo members and you've probably been getting some emails in the last few weeks about um, these new usa water polo rules uh, that are going to be implemented some of them as early as uh, march 1st uh, others not until january of next year um, so these these will not affect the high school season but they will affect uh, those of you that are going to be playing at junior olympics this summer it will affect some of the rules uh, that we play during our, our winter league games uh, and summer league games so and, and the idea is hopefully they're eventually going to come over to uh, high school and college rules probably around 2020. I was in Austin this past uh, couple weeks ago with Clayton Men's team, and they started using some of these new rules. For instance, uh, they're going to let now the goalies come across half. So when you're in Austin, one of the teams we were playing against brought their goalie across half and set up a 7-on-6, uh, which was pretty cool. There's going to be uh, new rules where you can sub from any pretty much – on your own side of half, but you don't necessarily have to sub from uh, the corner. So kind of moving a little bit more toward uh, hockey type rules. They're going to be, they're going to, instead of having a direct shot from outside the five meter line, there's going to be a direct shot from outside the six meter line. So a number, number of rule changes. They did a lot of research on these rule changes at FINA. um, It showed a lot of positive things about people getting more possessions, about less whistles, less direct shots on goal, more, Getting the ball into two-meter type stuff, so um, should be really exciting. So after all that talking, uh, our question is going to be: I'm going to throw a couple of those new rules up, um, and we're just going to have you vote on which one you, you're going to be most excited about. So uh, we'll we'll put it up on uh, Twitter and uh, go out there and vote. So. Well, Ray, um, I'll tell you,
0: I know it might be two years away for high school, but you know, if I coach this summer. Uh, I'm already working on the X's and O's of my seven-on-six power play. (laughs) Anyhow, so that's our question of the week. That will be posted. Please respond. We like when we get big numbers for that. I don't think we've had any games, so we can't really recap that. Um, We talked about water polo in the news, but I I wasn't thinking there was really anything yet. So hopefully STL today um, and some of our other magazines and journals and stuff within St. Louis will pick that up as the season hits. Um, so I always like to touch on, we like to call it the fast break forum. I have noticed, Ray, have you noticed that STL today, the prep sports forum, there's been a little, uh, water polo, 2019 discussion already started. Have you seen that? Uh, in preparation for this, I went out there this morning <laughs> and I, I, I saw the I saw Sure, Ray, <laughs> I'm sure you checked it out a couple weeks ago. Anyhow. Uh, So we always like to pose a question in the Fast Break Forum, get those people talking. Um, And I think people are kind of starting to answer this already, but what are the fans looking forward to this high school season? So uh, keep it PG, be nice and polite. Remember, we're talking about high school kids that work really hard um, during the season. So um, give us your thoughts. What are you guys looking forward to this high school season? I think after that, something that we both talked about that was a big change for this high school season were the conference alignments. Do you want to touch on that first or do you want me to take the lead, Ray?
1: Sure, I can talk about it. So, uh, last year, uh, I believe we had four conferences, uh, and the conferences were divided by school size. So the, the bigger schools were in one conference, uh, schools that had a few, fewer people were in a lower conference, so on and so forth. Uh, but this year, uh, you guys got together and, uh, divided up the conferences a little bit differently. So you want to talk about that, coach? That yeah. So um,
0: we had uh, we had a coach that had kind of put together a spreadsheet, and I think they had taken data from the, like the last maybe four years um, as far as where teams seeded out every year during districts. Um, and it was actually interesting. They, you know, I'm I'm no math wizard, but. There were definitely some trends where certain teams tended to fall in a particular area as far as their ranking of, you know, one through, I don't know, 21, 22 different teams. We as coaches kind of discussed a little bit and, and uh, the discussion kind of landed on the fact that we wanted to do the best that we could to promote the sport of water polo and have as many competitive water polo games as possible. Um, so we kind of aligned them from this particular set of data. Um, and honestly, I don't have it written down, so I couldn't tell you what we call each particular division. Um, but our hope was that each conference there'd be a little bit more parity um, and that there would be a lot of games that would be decided by one goal or two goals or three goals. And and I'm a firm believer, um, and Ray, I know you are too, because we talk a lot about this when we go out to Junior Olympics, that um, we're always after games. Um, that are competitive. Uh, we don't want to lose by 10 goals because we don't feel like we get a lot out of that, um, and we don't think our kids get a lot out of it. And so when we go to JOs, you know, and we lose to SoCal Black. 18 to 1 we're always like okay you know let's hopefully we get you know move drop down and, and play a team that maybe we lose only seven to five or something like that because um th- that's really how i think kids get better um at playing the sport so we move the conferences a lot around to try and create more more competitive games more or less and looking at the conferences and how they shake out um i think we'll change them every two years so as teams grow and develop um you know those teams can move up and other teams can move down but i'm really excited about um about those about those games
1: yeah I I am as well and I I was looking back at last season and if you you think uh, a team plays about 24-25 games during the season I counted up the number of games that uh, were decided by over eight goals after doing the math each team averaged about eight games last season where the differential was more than eight goals so over a third or around a third of their games were blowouts and then, if you include games that were over four goals as well, about 14 or 15 of those 25 games were decided um, by greater than or equal to four goals. So uh, part of that part of that has to do with uh, a couple of really strong and really weak teams last year. But uh, I think it also goes to show that balancing these conferences a little bit better is going to provide for for better polo, which I think will be more exciting. It will also hopefully uh develop uh players in our area a little bit better by having play closer games. Well, and
0: Ray, one of my favorite games that I always talk about, I probably blabbed about on the podcast, was years ago we had something called the Challenge Cup. Um, and so I think the top 12 teams ended up playing in what we call the, the district championship. Um, and then 13 through, I don't know, 21 or 22 played in the Challenge Cup championship. And we were in the Challenge Cup championship. I don't, this was a lo- long ago in my tenure. Uh, but I remember making the finals uh, against Oakville. And we hosted the game at West. The place was rocking. Uh, Coach Casey showed up with the trophy. Um, I, I want to say we won on a last second or an overtime against Oakville, uh, and it was fun. And it was like a 12 11 game, and it was exciting. And, you know, I mean, it, you know, obviously we hadn't won the state championship, but uh, it was good. And the kids enjoyed it. I remember it. I think it was great. Um, and so we're looking for more stuff like that. So I think that was kind of the push. Um, and so we'll see how it works out this season. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Um, we do have, as uh, we, Ray and I already know, but we do have quite a quite a few new faces um, that are going to be taking over some programs um, this particular season. And Ray, I know you're a little more well versed in that, so I'm going to let you uh, let you touch on that.
1: Yeah, so a couple new coaches going to be uh, leading their teams in the area. Chaminade, uh is going to be coached by Justin Stafford. Uh, he was a Swimmer at Lindenwood, but uh, played high school water polo out in California. So he has some background uh, from when he was younger. We'll be starting over at Chaminade. Clayton uh, has added new coaches as well. One of their coaches is Darion Williams, who's a uh, coach with CSP. Uh, I was looking forward to start working with those guys. Uh, over at Oakville, Brett Walters is going to be taking over. Brett played high school in the area, was the club president at Mizzou for a while. Uh, has been playing in the St. Louis area. So um exciting he'll be taking over at Oakville. Um uh, he'll be taking over for uh Dan Schoenfeld who did an excellent job at uh Oakville for so many years. Uh who's gonna be uh roughing this season uh but I'm sure Brett will do a great job over at Oakville. And then Eureka is a coach that has been selected. Uh has is- needs to be approved by the school board. Uh, we should be able to announce that hopefully next, next podcast. So uh, a couple new faces. It's great to see people stepping up to fill those roles. It'll be exciting to see how those teams do this year. And then
0: moving on, um, I know something that we we both talked about and I've, I've kind of mentioned to you was uh, getting more girls involved in the sport of water polo. Something I noticed this particular winter, um, there's been a huge uh, influx of girls uh, participating in wrestling. Um, I think they actually had, I mean, multiple teams had wrestling squads. Um, I want to say that Misha put on a wrestling championship for girls, um, which I think is awesome. And I'm thinking, you know, if, if wrestling is able to grow sport like that in the winter for girls um, maybe that's something that we need to focus a little bit more on in water polo um, and I know this season that um, we got a couple teams um, have have enough girls I think to field the team Ray I know you wanted to talk about that
1: yeah so I, I was talking to some of the coaches the last uh, couple weeks and I know Marquette Oakville Lafayette and Kirkwood have already talked about uh, organizing specific girls games for those teams um, I know there's a few other teams, uh, like potentially butdu, that also have enough girls they they might be able to do uh, something as well. So it's exciting that uh, now we're getting four, five, maybe more teams to where you could have girls' games going on. Uh, which is exactly what we need to to grow the sport. Right, and and I and I think, and I was telling you this before we
0: recorded this, it's a it's a huge untapped market, um, and for a sport um that has been around, I don't know, for 40 some odd years here in St. Louis, um, I think it's an area that could have it, it would it would not just obviously help grow the girl sport, but I think it would help grow the boy sport. Um, and so you know I you know I as I wrote in here on our little notes here, someone needs to take the bull by the horn. So um, hopefully there's somebody out there that maybe can help lead the way on this, but. But I think it's a huge untapped market, and that we could get a lot of girls involved um, if they knew that they didn't necessarily have to like compete against the boys on a regular basis. I think that would be, I think it'd be really beneficial and cool to see. So, um, something that might be in the pipeline. So,
1: right. And a couple of years ago, they had the long suit invite, but I mean, it, really, I would love to see a, a girls' championship game coming up here down the line. And I, I know there's some administrative issues with that, in that if you're gonna have a girls' championship. The question is whether they can also compete, and what would be the the other the main district right. tournament. But I I mean I, w- I would love to see some people campaigning for that because I, I think it would be great. Uh, because then once you have it one year, then we can keep trying to grow it for for future years and maybe morph it into something like they have in Illinois, where you've got so many girls teams and so many guys teams, and you've got two separate uh, two separate seasons going on, which is awesome.
0: And you know what would happen? They'd be required to build us all 50-meter, yeah, all, right. all, all deep facilities, Ray. Right, right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, we, we can only hope. Anyhow, so uh, we do have some upcoming tournaments and games and stuff. I know the uh, first game of the season, Ray, you told me, I don't want to steal your thunder, but you said March 9th was, I think, Pattonville and Lafayette. Um, and then, of course, we at Old Parkway West in our um, old 1970s natatorium, we will be hosting the JV Longhorn Classic, which we kind of took over from Chaminade a couple years ago. Um, and I think this might be the third year that we've had it. Uh, and it's a great, it's the, you know, the March 9th and 10th at Friday, Saturday. It's a great kind of kickoff yeah. for that JV group. Um, and there's some really good JV squads there. Uh, it should be uh, it should be relatively exciting. Um, I yeah. don't it's, think as you...
1: uh, I'm um, um, looking at this, I told you the wrong date. So Friday, oh. Friday the 8th. Uh, That's what I thought. 8th yeah, and ninth. That's yeah, all right. Hey, I, you know I, what? I screwed you up. Yeah.
0: That's all right. And shout out to Brian Welch, who's obviously our JV coach. He helps put that on. And then a huge shout out to Brittany Hass, is one of our other JV coaches. And she's usually the bread and butter behind making that tournament work. So big thanks to her. Um, you and I kind of talked. We, we don't think we're going to record again until March. That the following week, so we'll get some games under the belt. And, Ray, you're headed to Honduras. Uh, yes. yes. All yes. right, which is pretty exciting. Um, but I do know that uh, I wanted to pose the question to you, like what are some upcoming tournaments and games that you are looking forward to as the season rolls into?
1: Uh, with these new conference alignments, I, I think we get some really good games uh, pretty early in the season. So uh, we talked about game start Friday, March 8th. For that week of March 11th, uh, right away, uh, you get – uh, that Monday, March 11th, you get Ledoux and Lindbergh, and you get the Smet and Parkway West. So, some pretty good games uh, right off the bat. Following week, the week of March 18th, a lot of teams are on spring break, so no games that week. And then the following week for March 25th, you're once again getting Parkway South, Ledoux, Slew against Parkway West. Um, so, a lot of. Early season, uh, really good games. And then, once again, we've got a number of good tournaments uh, in the area, and I know a lot of teams are going up to Chicago. Not all of those tournaments have been reported to us yet, but I know a number of teams are going to be playing against some of the top teams in Chicago. And then later on in the season, we've got the Nisman invite here, April 11th through 13th, uh, where we've got Stevenson, Fenwick, uh, De La Salle all coming down from Chicago. Uh, Sycamore is going to be coming down from Ohio. So, once again, that's always a great tournament. The Lafayette MICDS tournament will be going on that weekend as well. It's going to be a huge, huge weekend of tournaments. Um, and then Lindbergh and some of the other Founders' Cups, some of the other tournaments uh, this year should be exciting as well, especially with some of the parity we've talked about. Uh, last year there were – A couple teams that were dominant in the area i think this year as we kind of alluded to there's going to be uh a number of teams that are going to be potentially in it so uh should be a lot of exciting polo going on uh this year which i'm really looking forward to
0: so ray who's your sleeper team
1: uh my sleeper team (laughs) (laughs) who's
0: gonna who's gonna surprise some people this year come on now
1: so so, the team, I'll, I'll I'll throw out there. I'll say Parkway South. I think uh, my alma mater. Yeah, Ray. I'm so
0: honored. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, I'll I'll say Parkway South. I think uh, they returned the leading goal scorer in the area, um, and they've got a pretty pretty solid group. And I'm I'm really excited to see them in the the Red Conference. I mean, that's a team that um, over the past few seasons hasn't necessarily. Always gotten to play with some of the other top teams in the area. And I think uh, that that, that's a great example of a school that's going to benefit from being in that conference because they're going to play all the top teams in the area and will make for some for some exciting matchups.
0: Alright, Ray, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. We'll put a little feather in, uh, Coach Mike McGinnis's cap there. So we'll see how that, that all pans out. But yeah, pretty exciting season of polo. Um, a lot of fun stuff in store and, uh, Ray and I are hoping that you guys, uh, join us as we try and update everything week to week and, uh, and get you through the season. Uh, Ray, you got anything else you want to add? I do not. Okay. Uh, so if you hang on, uh, for about, I don't know, 20 or so seconds, we will, uh, we're going to be interviewing, uh, Steve Adcock. Um, he was a parent of a water polo player at DeSmet, got into refereeing, and is now one of our, um, head refs in the particular area. Um, so we kind of chat with him about his, his journey in the sport, um, and things that parents and coaches and stuff might need to know about the sport. So if you hang around, you get to hear him. Uh, we will be back, uh, once Ray gets back safely in town, probably the week of March 10th. Uh, this is, uh, Charlie Catelli.
1: This is Ray Carnicamp.
0: And this is the Near Side Low Podcast, signing off. Here we are, Nearside Low Podcast, uh with our first interview of the uh 2019 season, uh one of our head referees in St. Louis, uh who has been referenced for quite some time. We'll let him uh we'll let him do some introductions, but that is Steve Atcock. So Steve, welcome to the show
2: well thank you for having
0: me wonderful and as we like to do with all of our interviewees if you wouldn't mind giving us a a one to a little two minute background maybe on who you are how you got involved with water polo and kind of what you're up to now and then we'll we'll kind of jump into some questions
2: all right my name is steve Adcock. i've uh been involved in water polo since around 2007 uh started reffing uh my first year was 2010 the high school season reffed every year since then became the a signer in 2015 i assign all the officials for high school water polo since then i've refed state finals last year for the first time i've refed third place game i've refed jail qualifiers Refed two years of college water polo odp camps all kinds of things so i've been uh, i'm also involved in the board of missouri water polo been on the board since 2014 so that's the quick rundown of my yeah, water yeah. polo stuff.
0: Well, and that is, and, and obviously that's one of the reasons why Ray and I wanted to have you on is you were once uh, a parent sitting up in the stands <laughs> watching your son play. Um, I but was. You decided, yeah, but it was, it's really cool that you decided to get involved. And not only did you get involved, but you got really involved. And, and I feel really like, you, yeah, exactly. And and the fact that you you obviously refer a, a referee qualifiers and and you're involved not necessarily just within the high school of St. Louis, but obviously you've been to Chicago and you've done some tournaments and stuff like that, it's pretty yeah. cool to see that. Um, and we, obviously, we need more people like that involved in the sport. So um, that's part of the reason why we wanted to have you on, because we think you've got kind of a neat story to tell.
1: Steve, talk a little bit about uh, going from a parent to being a referee. What got you interested in being a referee? And talk a little bit about that that transition. So watching water polo as a parent when I first started, when, you know when Aaron was a
2: freshman, sophomore. I've been involved in sports my whole life, but I obviously – Could not stand watching water polo and not understanding why the whistles were being blown, what was going on. So at that time, there was a thing called Water Polo Academy Online where you could go online and learn how to be a referee via web class, you know, classes on the web. And I started doing that just so I could learn the rules because I had read the rule books and that didn't help a lot. So I took these classes and then somehow Miguel Figueres found out, I'm sure from my son, that I had done this. He then recruited me to uh, start refing middle school club water polo, which is a good place for anybody to start because it's very low uh, pressure. Uh, from there, then other people found out that I had done that. And then uh, Chad Fowler got me to start doing high school polo, uh, Aaron year, 2011. So it was it was just mostly first I wanted to learn the rules and why the whistles were being blown and why... Certain things were allowed and certain things weren't. It just it was very confusing to me.
1: That curiosity led all the way to where I am now. And talk talk a little bit about uh, when you started refing, did you find that a pretty easy transition? <laughs> did you feel like you, you understood the understood stood the rules? What one of the hardest
2: things I've ever done in my life. Uh, <laughs> being being a referee is, is, is not an easy thing. And I think people don't give referees enough credit uh, for the time they put in the abuse they take. It, it, it's a very difficult job. And, and water polo especially being a fast-moving sport where a lot of the stuff goes on under the water, trying to learn you know, how to be positioned, how what to look for in calling all aspects of the game, it, it's a very difficult job. And I think parents don't understand that when you're up in the stands, you can probably see the game better than we can. And the, the angles that you have in certain times, you just can't see everything that's going on, and I think realizing that it, it's very unforgiving. I was an awful parent. I think everybody <laughs> that knows me knows that. Uh, I yelled at the referees a lot, and and I was very remorseful about that once I became a ref. And I did a lot of apologizing because it's a just it's a really difficult task. And everybody that's out there, every referee that I know that's out there's out there because they love the game, and they're doing the best they can do, you know. And it's it, it it's very. It's very rewarding to know that people think I do a good job just the short time that I've actually been doing it compared to some other people. And uh, it, it, I think it, it, it takes a lot of time. and It takes a lot of effort. And people really should understand that just just the love of the sport, the people that have to do referee. I
1: mean, you as the head scheduler know how, how in need of officials we are. Um, and, it's been, and it's been great to see over the last few years some other parents, people like Mike Griffith, Brian Deary uh, stepping up. Talk a little bit about the need for referees and
2: yeah, it's uh, we always need more referees. I mean, it, it's uh, this in the last week, or so I've lost two referees because they're going to have to have surgery. So I mean, I'm, I think we're down to under 20 now. Um, we've got 23 teams, 20 or so refs, games going six days a week. It, it doesn't take that much to come out and do it. You know, it's uh, to become a Mr. Referee, you got to take a test. We'll want you to, to get some training with some experienced referees, but other than that, it's uh it's not a hard process, and it it's very rewarding. Steve, but, I
0: like you know I think about in the context of water polo when I have new kids come out for the sport who've obviously never done it before one of the things that I like to preach that I was always preached to by other coaches was be patient like be patient with what's going on so what would you what would you say because I I feel like there are a lot of people that have played water polo in the area and one of the ways that they can give back maybe it's not in coaching or playing for the Clayton men's team but but refereeing (laughs) would be something what what would be something you would say to to somebody that was thinking about doing it what would be your peps pep talk to them
2: and basically when I when I i'm telling a new referee things it, it it's calm. you know don't don't let the pressure of the game be too much you know just worry about positioning worry about the things that we've taught you to do you know you got to be in the right spot look for the the, the calls if you're going to make a call make sure you call it soundly and and authoritatively so that everybody you know you you look like you know what you're doing and, and just to be calm the first high school game i ever did was in the pressure was intense for me, and, and and it had been a long time since I'd had that kind of pressure, since I hadn't played sports in so long. To know that it's still just sports, you're, you're out there, you're trying to help the kids do the best job you can do and and try to learn from it, ask questions. Uh, I can't tell you the help I've got from the more ex- experienced officials around the area. You know, Bill Poor, Bart Prosser, Rob Higgins, those guys, it, uh, Greg MD have been instrumental in, in my Uh, learning how to be a good referee you know you just just ask questions if you're in a position you don't know what to call just ask at the next break you know just but be calm be collected and 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 just be professional. So.
0: Okay, and so I uh, I guess, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks ago, but USA Water Polo, uh, Janai Kerr came in town, mm-hmm. and they had kind of a duel. Uh, they had a coaches, athlete, and they had a little referee seminar. And mm-hmm. I was really, really excited I, from a coaching perspective because on, I think, maybe Sunday morning when I went in to kind of see the referee thing, there were a lot of referees there, um, which which is obviously great. So can you yeah. talk a little bit about what, what, what was USA Water
2: Polo there for? It was a great session. We had... Uh... The new head official Levon was in. I won't even try to pronounce his last name. <laughs> Ray, um, can you do that? <laughs> uh, I, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. He's a great guy, and uh, basically, there's a whole bunch of new USA Water Polo rules coming out this year, and a lot of them are starting in March. Um, so a lot of the thing was about that. But but they go back to it's a great training thing that, that we uh, to be a USA Water Polo official you have to go through one of those uh, seminars once a year to even be able to do qualifiers or to go to JOs if you want to go to JOs. So they run through the gamut of positioning, signal, signaling, good whistle work. And just and then we spent a lot of time on the new rules that have come out. And they're, and, and those won't affect uh, high school poll at least for two years. But um, it was good for the guys to hear the new rules and go on. And, and this the session with the coaches that you were in on Sunday morning was fantastic for me. right? To listen to the coaches and for everybody to be in the same room. And hear the same things.
0: So then, you know, and I know you and Ray could probably uh, talk for hours about the new rules. Uh, and obviously <laughs> they, they don't seem to affect high school, but it sounds like maybe in the pipeline a year or two from now they could. So if you wouldn't mind, maybe, maybe pick one of those rule changes that you thought was kind of interesting that we could,
2: we could tell the, uh, tell the listeners about. Yeah. I mean, we just started a two year cycle in high school. So we're at least two years out from those rules. Okay. The one I thought was the, the neatest one anyway was, the goalie being able to go past half and play uh, offense, so it's it's like the end of a hockey game when you okay. you pull the goalie and go go to the other side. Okay. So in the last 2nd you're down by a goal, you're going seven on six, uh, trying to get a goal. I I think that's going to be fantastic at the end of a game. The other yeah, one, list listeners,
0: we want you to make sure goalies can't cross half this high school season or next high school season. That's correct. So don't, don't freak goalie,
2: out it's, about it. <laughs> it's in, right now in the high school season, if the goalie goes across half, it's an exclusion. Right. I mean, okay. an immediate exclusion. It's a big change. It, you okay. know, in high school rules, the hardest thing maybe for parents even would be, uh, and having repped all those levels, is there's three sets of rules in the United States. We have high school rules, college rules, and USA Water Polo rules. And uh, they're they're all relatively similar. similar but, uh,
1: yeah, the high school rules won't be affected for another two years.
0: So, Ray, you want to talk about Missouri Water Polo a little bit?
1: Yeah, so uh, Steve, I know you've been involved with Missouri Water Polo for a little while now. Can you talk a little bit about um, some of the stuff you've done and some of the things uh, we could be looking forward to with Missouri Water Polo this uh, spring and in, in the future? Yeah, so uh, recently we, we just had our trivia night. It uh, went very well. We had uh,
2: nine or ten tables. Um, hope to double that next year. Uh, Raised a decent amount of money. Uh, Missouri Water Polo is all about uh, donations and and funding and trying to support Missouri water polo and any polo in Missouri any way we can. Um, IE the website, um, currently, uh, I'm in charge of the website. Uh, the website is updated for the current high school season. Uh, all the games that I currently know about and all the coaches are updated. Um, and, uh, just if anybody out there is a WordPress or PHP person uh, and wants to be the webmaster, give me a call. Um, other than that, we're always looking for donations. Always looking to try to do fundraisers. Uh, we support uh, the All Star Game at the end of the year, and we support putting up all the awards that are given out at that that banquet. So those are things that are coming up. Just uh, sponsoring the high school season.
1: So Steve, thanks for coming on uh, again tonight. Before we close, uh, high school season obviously starting here in the next week. Anything you're particularly excited about this upcoming high school season? Uh, looking forward to? Yeah, I think I think the season's
2: gonna be great. I think there's going to be some good parity probably in the top 10. I think there's going to be a lot of teams uh, in the mix to be in the top four and, and, and to see who will make, you know, the the semifinals and the finals. I think we've got at least six to seven legitimate teams that could be there. So I And uh, the new conference alignment is really exciting, too, where there's going to be a lot more competitive games throughout the season just from conference games. I think if everybody gets on the website and looks at the new conference alignment and sees – that they've been broken down by the stronger you know, teams based on uh, their abilities more than just geographic or anything else. I think we're going to have some really good polo going
1: on. All right. Well, Steve, th- thanks again for coming on with us tonight. We really appreciate all you do with organizing all the refereeing, with all your work with Missouri Water Polo. Um, certainly you you help out to make, make things happen with Water Polo in St. Louis. So appreciate having you on. We'll be seeing you around the pool this spring. So, All right, thanks, guys.